Welcome to the podcast, first ever episode of the Riding the Bench podcast. Uh, I am your host, LVB3, Squeeze Luigi, Luigi Bernardo. And with every episode, uh, I'm going to have my co-host here. So guys, it's Ben Hameen Martin, and that's right, there's an accent over the E. Wow, big accent over the E. Big so, accent. So this podcast... Since uh, if it's your first time listening, then I'll we'll tell you a little about it. And if it's not your first time listening, how'd you hear it? Because <laughs> it's our first ever episode. So we'll talk about uh, a little bit of overview of what the podcast is. So basically, we talk about everything in the world of sports, uh, even things that aren't technically sports, esports, WWE. But we will mostly be talking about the NBA, MLB, uh, NHL, uh, mostly just the big name uh, sports. In the United States, um, Ben, you want to give us a little bit of insight on who you are, your sports fandom background, and where you're from? What's up, guys? So I'm Ben. Um, I'm from Boston. I'm a Boston sports fan. Uh, obviously, I love the Red Sox. They're my number one team. Obviously, gotta love the Pats. Tom Brady is the goat. Um, Bruins always follow them, and then the Celtics are always off and on. Depends on if they're good or not. But uh, yeah, just mostly Boston's, uh, Boston-based teams, and that's what we usually I follow. Uh, as for me, you know, I'm from Connecticut, so you're probably wondering what Patriots, Giants, Jets, nah, psych, psych, none of the above. New Orleans Saints, my number one. Uh, I also like the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, believe it or not, they're unrelated. My my uh, fandom for them. Big Red Sox fan my whole life. First four I started watching was when I was a kid with MLB. Not as big of a fan now. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a big Red Sox fan anymore since I love my boy Aaron Judge. So, you know, the Yankees trying to find a little way into my heart. Uh, Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews. What a god. Go. Um, and that's basically it. Because, um, you know, from Connecticut, we don't really have uh, a set home team. So it's kind of hard. We all came to be from Boston where our, dad, our dad tells us who to like. Any championships. All right, so let's just dive right into it. <clears throat> dive right into the podcast. Uh, ben, this is something you want to bring up. Was Jason Witten. Jason Witten gets re-signed with the Dallas Cowboys out of nowhere. The team that has a lot of holes could be a championship caliber team. I think it uh, could be a turnaround for the Cowboys. Um, I think uh, Jason Witten brings a great character into that locker room, and he obviously – an unbelievable leader, uh, was a great captain for the Cowboys for many, many years, and many players looked up to him. I believe that bringing him into this locker room and making him making sure that he's around for the whole entire season and being a part of the team, I think it'll turn around, make a tur- big turnaround for the Cowboys. Even if he doesn't produce, I just think that his leadership will be a valuable asset to that team. Yeah, and he already knows the system. He knows the players. He's played with Dak. He's played with Zeke. Play with almost everybody on that team. So then you got to think to yourself, do the Cowboys really need another average to below average, depending on how much he's been working out and been practicing, do they need another tight end? Listen to these people. Listen to these uh, players that they have. Jeff Swine, Blake Jarwin, Rico Gathers, and Dalton Schultz. Just extremely below average players who sometimes it looks like they have some they have a little bit of shine in them, these tight ends, they don't really perform. You're going to add uh, Jason Wynn to that mix, 
that's five average tight ends. Not really what I would be looking for from the Dallas Cowboys. No, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. But I think also with these young kids that are below average tight ends for the Cowboys, I think maybe Jason Wynn could help them out and give them give them tips and give them pointers and maybe help their talent or their value and be able to become better players overall. Um, I just I just like I said before, I just think this is a great move by the Cowboys. Uh, but even though he's a great player, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the best tight ends in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not really the biggest story coming out of this, is it? Oh, fuck no, baby. Oh, can you tell me what that is? Pat fucking Pat McAfee, fucking baby. McAfee. The fucking boy, God. Do it for the brand. Do the it for heartland the... man, Pat McAfee. This guy. Ben, tell me what he has to do with this, please. So, now that Jason Witten is coming out of retirement, that means there's a spot available for Monday Night Football. And you know who they should fucking fill that spot with? Pat McAfee, baby. Pat McAfee. And I'm, I'm all for this. I've heard some reports that it's either Pat McAfee or Peyton Manning. I'm not really sure where to go at this point. I think either one would be great. I think Peyton Manning can bring a valuable asset of t- uh, talking about certain aspects of the game, like seeing things that maybe a certain broadcaster not not be able to see because he was such a great quarterback and he knows it all these things like we saw with Tony Romo um, when he broadcasted for CBS over the uh, last two years. Um, but Pat McAfee, he brings in so much entertainment. He brings in so many assets to broadcasting. Like He's just a fun guy to listen to, and everybody loves him. Um, unbelievable. I think I think it would be a smart move by Monday Night Football for anybody to hire this man to broadcast for them. So Monday Night Football has been a little bit of a rut because – People don't really want to hear the, uh, the this commentary team they have up there, Jason Witten. A lot of people blamed it on his uh, probably rookie mistakes in being a commentator because not everybody can become Tony Romo after a year. No. But Jason Witten just didn't seem to have it in him to be someone that I want to listen to throughout an entire game. Uh, so if they were to bring in Pat McAfee, do you think it changes anything about one of that football? I think it brings in a lot of different uh, aspects of the game, especially for the punters and the kickers. Um, if you listen to this guy or follow this guy on Instagram and just listen to what he talks about when he sees these punters uh, punt or like these kickers are doing these certain ki- uh, doing kicks or anything like that, he brings in a certain point of view that you wouldn't be able to like see as just a regular uh, viewer. Of football, um, he just tells you so much about what's going on and like what they need to do and what the puncher should be doing and stuff like that. It just he makes that fun. He like it may sound boring, but if you listen to him, he makes it very entertaining to listen to. Yeah, he made uh, special team sexy again. Uh, you know, here's gonna be a little question for you, Ben. What was the best play of this past season? Best kicker of all time, Matt Prater. Fucking touchdown week 17 against the Green Bay Packers, baby. And what, what was so special about that? Other than the fact that it was a kicker throwing a touchdown. Uh, obviously, the fact that um, Pat McAfee did the play calling on Fox. Um, it was not a national bro- broadcast game. Uh, it was the 5 and 10 Lions versus the 6 8 and 1 in Packers. But it just it blew up all over Twitter when it happened. So many tweets, so many, like, so many people talking about it when it happened. Right when it happened. Um, 
Here's a clip of it. It's honestly amazing. I love it. Do it for the brand. Let's hear it. Do it for the brand. Well, that'll bring on Matt Prater for a 20. Oh! oh. oh. Touchdown! Wide right. open! Levine to a low. Let's go! Prater with a touchdown pass! Um, Metcalf, 40 and a half inches. Uh, the broad jump, 
for Deshaun Jackson, it was 10 feet for Metcalf, 11 feet and 2 inches. And that's not the most interesting stat of all, though. You want to know the most interesting stat of all? What? Tom Brady did better than Metcalf in two of those, in two, uh, uh, two events. Let me get, let me get, let me get. He beat Metcalf. I know he beat him in the three cone drill because Metcalf, Metcalf did terrible. Terrible, yes. Uh, and I'm also going to guess that, um, Brady probably beat him, uh, I don't know, what else? What else did he beat him in? Well, we probably all are thinking the 40 yard dash. We know how, how great speed well, Brady, Tom Brady, Brady has. Fast as fuck, dude. It, fast as hell, but. Uh, Brady beat Metcalf in the three cone drill. Brady had a seven point two, and Metcalf had a seven point three eight. Remember how slow that was for That's Metcalf. pretty fucking slow. That was terrible. And Brady beat him in the twenty yard shuffle. Uh, Brady had a four point three eight, while Metcalf had a four point five zero. But who was faster in the five knuckle shuffle? Dude, have you seen those fucking guns? I've seen those guns, dude. Brady got a cannon, and it's for more than just throwing a football. Uh, kissing his son. Okay. Let's talk about the other the quarterbacks in there. Dude, Kyler Murray, he skipped the combine. Now, this dude, I don't know what to think about him right now. Just last week, he's supposed to be a fourth-round pick because people didn't think he was going to go to the NFL. People were going to waste a draft pick on him, and now he's the first overall pick. Yeah. What do, you, what, what, do you think about, what do you think about him as a player, and what do you think about him skipping the combine? Um, It's interesting about him skipping the combine because – He's going from a fourth round to a possibly a first round, but he's, he's, we're not able. He's to first s- overall pick. Yeah, a first overall pick, but now we're not able to see how he is like truly able to do against in this combine and like see like how his uh, how he's able to throw, how his accuracy is, and his forty yard dash. Um, it's a big question mark on Kyle Murray on what his athletic ability right now. We know know that he's a very athletic kid. Obviously, guy went pro baseball. But I just think it was not a smart move, go um, skipping the combine, especially for a guy that's five ten. He has a lot to prove. He has he has a chip on his shoulder for his height, and I just think that not going to the combine was, might not have been a smart move. Uh, I I think that no matter what his draft spot is already secured. This dude is going first overall no matter what. Uh, so you say he's going to the Cardinals? He's actually going to the Cardinals, dude. But what about uh, Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen's getting traded. Obviously, Josh Rosen's getting traded. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he's got a hard on for Kyle Murray. He's not going to take anyone else over Kyle Murray. You can change. You well, can. Did he, he coach Kyle Murray? Did um, he coach Kyle Murray? Jamie, you mind checking that up? Checking the fact check? Yeah. Yeah, Jamie. Uh, so, we got. So, that's what, um, what I'm saying is that he's going to be the first overall pick no matter what. Josh Rosen, he's definitely getting traded to who? Patriots, Dolphins, Redskins. Maybe the Giants. Who knows? Those are the teams that he can go to. It seems pretty odd that you pick you use the first round pick on this guy, and now you trade him away. Yep. Wouldn't you try to maybe take a risk with him next year? Pick up Nick Bosa first overall pick. The Cardinals. Do they really need Kyler Murray, or can Josh Rosen be that guy? I, Josh Rosen was obviously the most pro ready quarterback uh, coming out of the draft, or so we thought before Baker Mayfield. When God's here, uh, but what do you? What does it say about the Cardinals organization, and what does it say about the potential of Josh Rosen? Um, I just what I think it says about the Cardinals organization is maybe do they not have enough confidence in a guy they drafted, they wasted on a first first round pick on, like 
So you're just giving up on him that quickly? Yeah, they're giving up on him. Dude, they ain't got no balls. Uh, that's how they're going with Kyle Murray. I kind of wish Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray didn't like give up on baseball. I kind of wish that we could have seen which team would have the balls to draft him. Yeah, and, absolutely. And see if he would play. It was much more interesting that way. But, dude, this dude, when he uh, threatened the – what did he give the ultimatum of a $20 million contract Yeah. to the athletics? Yeah. Um, I think uh, a lot of people are saying that Kyle Murray not going to baseball was the wrong uh, wrong move. Um, but when you think about it, baseball, if he could possibly – there's a possible chance that he doesn't even make it to the MLB. He stays in the minor leagues, doesn't get the amount of money he would be able to get if he was drafted in the, with the first overall pick in the NFL. Um, yes, if he does become the player that he's meant to be, then he'll get a ton of money. But it's not guaranteed. But with NFL, I feel like if you're a first overall pick, you're going to get a shit ton of money right away. And that's why he, he said had the ultimatum of $20 million, or was it $14 million, because he knew that he was going to be getting that money if he went to the NFL. And I think it was a smart move, and people don't agree. But, hey, it's a business in the end. And I think what he was doing, I think what he did was okay. All right, now let's go on to the other two quarterbacks uh, that are probably going to go in the first round. Uh, and that would be uh, Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State and Drew Locke uh, uh, from Missouri. Do you think uh, either of them outperformed what you thought they would do in the combine? I, prefer, I, uh, I think Haskins did a great job in the – QB drills and the precision passing, really slow on that 40-yard dash. That's kind of alarming. He could probably move around inside the pocket, but you kind of need a mobile quarterback in this day and age, don't you think? Um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Yeah, you want a mobile quarterback. Um, I think Haskins, I don't think he has to be the top speed. I don't have to be the top, like the fastest quarterback in the league. I just think he needs to be mobile. Like we look at, see Aaron Rodgers, he's a mobile quarterback. He's able to get out of the pocket. And, uh, but he's not the fastest guy in the league, he did, but he's still able to get out of the pocket. He's one of the best um, passers in the league. And I just think that Dwayne Haskins... 50 touchdowns. Huh? So Haskins got 50 touchdowns. He, I, think, I think that's a record. Um, uh, there's that kid from Hawaii who went ham back in the day. Magan Mariota? No. I'm sorry, the guy who went to Hawaii in the college. Oh. Uh, but, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Haskins, uh, you know, some teams that are looking at him... Uh, the number one that comes to mind is the Giants. The Giants, they kind of might pull a little bit of a Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith kind of deal to keep him on the bench for an entire year next year MVP. Maybe. And let's talk a little bit about Drew Locke then. Drew Locke, he's supposed to go in the first round. I'm not really sure how far he's going to fall. Didn't have a great combine. Uh, I don't really think that he will fall outside the first round. If so, definitely early second round. But I think he could fall between somewhere between the 10 and the 25th pick in the draft. No, I agree. Yes. Uh, but he didn't really impress in his uh, in the combine. One thing though, this kid in the media today, giving taking interviews, he talks about a chip on his shoulder. Always want to be the the best man on the field and always trying to be a leader in the locker room. Once he comes in there, he doesn't want to wait to be a leader. He wants to get in there and take charge, kind of like Baker Mayfield was able to do. And that's what set him apart from the other rookies this year. Drew Locke, this kid coming with a chip on his shoulder. This kid coming to want to become a leader. This kid who's going to be a great addition to the locker room no matter what. This kid who can use some time 
under Hall of Fame QB. You know what he's sounding like. What team does he sound like he's going to? What, t- what team do you think would want this kid? Fucking pass, baby. The fucking pass, dude. This guy seems like a Belichick prodigy in the making. Keep him over there under Tom Brady for a year or two. Or depending on how long Tom Brady's going to play. He can be a next stud QB. Absolutely. You know, I was saying, um, you know who I'm surprised that's not getting a lot of attention anymore is Will Bryant. Uh, West Virginia quarterback, um, his junior senior year, he was projected to uh, be a top quarterback coming out of this draft, and for some reason, I just well not for some reason I think because Haskins and Murray just had unbelievable fucking years that they overshadowed Will Breyer in his senior year because we look at Will Breyer's senior year, he threw for thirty eight hundred yards, had thirty seven touchdowns and eight interceptions. That's a pretty good fucking year for a quarterback, and I think. That his draft stock has gone down. I think any team that is lucky enough to draft him at a uh, at such like a uh, low or um, at such a high round or something like that they are, are lucky because I think this kid's the next big thing. Yeah, well, the thing about him is that uh, he's going to be a great uh, locker room guy and like he's a great attacker um, and he's he's pretty accurate with you know straightforward get the ball where he has to go throw it. But his arm, extremely average arm. Yeah. Don't always, he has an average arm. Uh, he's not really great throwing off his back leg or throwing on the move uh, or making uh, sort of a play when you're scrambling and moving out of the pocket. I just don't see where that would... You know what that sounds like? Greatest quarterback of all time. So Drew Brees is a great runner, dude. He got that spin move, okay? I don't know, man. Oh. <laughs> uh, but that's what I see about him. So let's go on to our, uh, another story that I want to talk about. Uh, and you know, you know, we have uh, a couple stories to talk about. So let's let's talk about the UFC 235 because we don't have a lot to say about that because you didn't watch the event. I didn't watch the event. I just watched. I was able to watch two fights. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I was to watch two fights and the highlights from the other two fights. Uh, you know, John Jones, he won by decision. Tyron Woodley finally lost his title. Uh, but the two fights I want to talk about is um, Cody Garbrandt. Garbrandt. This dude got. Uh, knocked out again. He just—he doesn't know what he's doing right now. Yeah. This dude had those two fights with T.J. Dillashaw. That was his chance to move up, move up a step. And you know, Dillashaw moved down the weight class to face Henry, mm-hmm. and he's gonna stay down there to face Henry for a rematch. That means that that means Dillashaw's title's up for grabs. I don't know why Cody doesn't try to you know change anything up. But the biggest story, Astro and Lawler. I didn't know it was an early stoppage. I think that was a pretty early stop. I didn't see a tap out. No, and, well, and Lawler seemed fine. Lawler got right back up. I didn't see yeah. him tap out. I didn't see him. I didn't see him pass out. And the biggest problem is Dana White. He said he's down for a rematch. Robbie Lawler said he wants a rematch. Ben Askren. He's nineteen and zero. He doesn't want a fucking rematch. Dude. He already won. Yeah. He wants. To, he wants to go for a championship. And you know he's 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 up there next in line for a championship. I th- uh, yeah, he is. Um, you know, because if he, because if it was a seemed like a good fight before what happened before the early tap out, um, I think uh, what's his name, Askren, Ben Askren. But I don't think he wants to risk his uh, perfect record and maybe risk the chance that he might not be able to get a championship title if he does do that rematch. And might possibly lose to Robbie Lawler. Yeah, he would probably possibly lose to Robbie Lawler. 
And the biggest thing, too, is that this was his first ever UFC fight. This guy's been a big deal in Bellator, uh, and he was a big deal in uh, one championship. But, you know, his first fight in UFC kind of has a weird finish. Kind of like that Henry Dillashaw fight, iffy finish. Ref came in a little too early. I really want to see where this goes. Uh, wouldn't have much to say about that. Ben, we have two more stories. Uh, which one do you want to talk about right now? Um, I think the next thing we should talk about is Kyrie and AD. Let's talk about Kyrie and AD. I also want to talk about Kyrie and AD. Because these two things uh, kind of hit close to home for us. I'm a Pelicans fan. You I'm a Celtics fan. Celtics fan. Kyrie, Anthony Davis, this year all of a sudden... They're saying, fuck these cities, fuck these fans. We yeah. want out. And at least with me and the Pelicans, Anthony Davis was, it progressed. It didn't come out of nowhere. He was, you know, this team was struggling. We got swept by the Warriors. We weren't really going anywhere. We lost Bogey. We lost Rondo. Uh, this year we're struggling with the even better team because we got all those free agents. And then he says he doesn't want to resign. He doesn't want the extension. He asked for a trade. We don't trade him. It's a long story. But Kyrie, out of nowhere, what happened? Um, I just think that he wanted to become the main part of the franchise, which is nothing wrong with that. He's a great player, um, deserves to be um, a top player in the franchise and be like uh, centered around him. But I just think the Boston Celtics are more of a team uh, team like they're more of a team together. Like they don't have like a leader. Um, or not. Like, I don't have a leader. They, they don't have like, a leader. They, they have a, not, not saying they don't have a leader. What I'm saying is they don't have like just one star franchise player that they uh, surround around. Like they surround their players around. Um, I just think that Kyrie hasn't been working with the Celtics, and I think people are starting to question is the Celtics better off with Kyrie. Um, like I said, like it just. Um, the last six games with Kyrie, they're zero and six. They're just, and then in the last six games with with Kyrie, without Kyrie, they're six and up. And the points per game are totally completely different from each other. Um, you have those stats? Yeah, I'm getting those up right now. Um, I don't know. Let me just say something. Uh, I I don't think that even with those stats, I'm never going to say that this team is better without Kyrie Irving. But I'm saying is that what I personally think is that uh, the team. Worse is a unit, and that's what they're really good at. And they're really good at working as a unit. They don't have to play through a star player. Uh, and that's kind of why they've had all the success before Kyrie even got there with Isaiah Thomas. Like, look at Isaiah Thomas now. What's he doing? Nothing, right? He's just got out of an injury. Yeah. But he's not a stud anymore. He was stuck for that one year. Yeah. Uh, it's really has to do with the uh, Brad Stevens and how he coaches that team. Yeah. And if they coaches it as a team. Uh, so you got those stats up? Um, yeah, they're still loading. Alright. Uh, let me talk a little bit about Anthony Davis then. Uh, dude, Anthony Davis, the brow. Like, when you leave New Orleans, you better shave that brow off, dude. Because you're no longer the brow. Uh, like, you have to be something else. If you're, especially if you go to LA, with that, that whole collusion with LeBron James and your agent slash his agent. It's just too much. Um, I don't know. I, he wants to play for a winner. Lakers ain't looking like winners now, you know? Uh, we're actually playing better without AD, too. Uh, everybody's been able to step up. Okafor has been able to step up. Randall's been able to step up. Holiday's been able to step up. 
probably the, one of the best ball handlers and one of the best defenders in the league. These guys, these star players, they act like this because they think that teams need them that much. And whose fault is it? Which who, Whose fault is it? LeBron James. LeBron James. He, Le, LeBron James acts as if, you know, they have all the power. And then he complains that the NFL teach, treats their players like slaves. It's not really the case. Because the NFL, the players can still leave. They just would rather not. The NBA, they don't really care. They don't care about their team. They don't really care about the fan base. They care about the money. They care about playing with their friends. And they care about what they're going to win. Exactly. Uh, one thing about Kyrie is, do you think that he's going to leave Boston? Even though Boston is a relatively big market, you think he's going to leave them for an even bigger market? I think the number one team right now on this list are the Knicks. The Knicks. After that big trade, they got rid of Porzingis. Uh, but they're probably gonna get Zion. Yeah, and what's it called? They're probably gonna hopefully unless they get fucked over by the draft lottery. They are they're in line for Zion, but um, if they, if they don't if they get fucked over by the draft lottery, that sucks. But well, it doesn't actually suck because they got a ton of talent in that draft, like Andre Barrett. Uh, I I wish they get fucked up fucked over. Yeah. Only because I want to see Spike Lee's face and they don't get Zion. And I don't hate Spike Lee. But he just fucking ruined NBA 2K. Any, yeah, he any, did. Any NBA 2K fan knows that Spike Lee ruined the fucking game. And, you know, I don't want to go into this because it's not really part of the episode. But Spike Lee, dude, why did he make us... Why did he make that career mode for us? Why did he ruin the NBA video game? You know what you did. Yeah, and he... You know what you, you, know you did. You should go, go take a lap, Spike Lee. Uh, so, you want to move on or you want to talk about something No, else? we'll move on. We'll move on. All right. So the last thing we want to talk about, and before we get to our main topic, is uh, about the N- MLB contracts. Two big contracts were signed recently. Manny Machado signed a 10-year, $300 million deal with the San Diego Padres. Bryce Harper signed a 13-year deal, $330 million, uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies. Tell me about it, bud. Um, so I think these are great contracts for both the Phillies and the Padres. Yes, it might be a lot of money for these two players. Yes, maybe Bryce Harper did have a down year. But if you look at their, the stats the years before and what these guys bring in to the clubhouse and into the uh, like into the lineup, they bring in a lot of talent. Um, yeah, maybe Machado's kind of an uh, asshole, but uh, he, he just brings in so much talent. Uh, you won't see a lot of guys... With his stat line, what he had last year with a 297 average and um, 37 home runs and 107 RBIs. You don't see many guys that are out there like that. And especially getting him for 10 years. The guy's only 26 years old. He's in your lineup for 10 years in his prime when the guy just started, hit, when the guy just hit 37 home runs with a 297 average. So the Padres are very lucky. Hopefully, if they want to center this guy. Uh, they want to send their franchise around this guy. I think this he just needs to clean up his act and not be the asshole or the dirtbag that he is known to be. So we're both a little bit biased toward calling him a douchebag because uh, you know, in 2017, he uh, injured Dustin. Um, I don't, I don't have a uh, with that situation. I don't. Uh, if you look at the video, it shows that. Yeah, I think I I watched the video. I think that you he see his hit his his. Cleat hits the, the tip of the bag, 
and makes his foot go up. You don't see any force that Machado made to uh, complete Pedroia, especially after he sees after he does it by accident. You see him get up right away and try to catch Pedroia uh, falling. Um, but you also there's also other times when we see Machado spike other players on purpose, especially in the World Series last year when he stepped on. Steven Pierce's uh, ankle on running down to first base, and also when uh, he ran into um, uh, Jesus Aguilar, uh, the first baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers during the uh, NLCS. Um, he's just known to be a dirty player. Hopefully, he gets his act up, and the uh, Padres are able to get a good, decent guy out of him. And um, well, yeah. it's good. To see. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, one, one thing about this contract that I really want to talk about is that it really benefits everybody involved. A man Machado gets that huge contract that he wants. The Padres get that big name player that they want, and obviously they have to overpay because no one wants to go over there to San Diego. Like name one thing in San Diego. There's really nothing. Either. They yeah. just lost the Chargers. They don't have the Chargers. All they got is you know homeless people jerking off in the middle of the street, and you know unless you're Robert Kraft, that's not going to appeal to you. Exactly. Yeah. So, like they the so they had to overpay to get him. They also had to overpay because there's only two huge free agents this year, him and Bryce Harper. Uh, so they got him. He's gonna be in a smaller market, but he's gonna be the big dog in that smaller market. The Padres get their star players, could help them marketing, could help them with their uh, with uh, their economy, could help them with the team overall. They have a great farm system. They have a great farm system. Uh, their top guy, Fernando Tatis, uh, shortstop. Unbelievable player, um, and then they also got that left-handed pitcher out of UCLA, Mackenzie Gore, or I think he was at UCLA. Um, I think I, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but they all they have a great young farm. Um, I think that getting Machado these 10 years, and then getting these guys to maybe um, get called up to MLB and develop their talents into better players as a like they have to grow. I think the Padres could be a threat in a few years if their prospects turn out to play be the players they're supposed to be. One big interesting part of the Bryce Harper contract is the reported, and I don't know if this is right, but the reported $180 million deal over four years to go to LA. Yeah, so some people, so he would be getting $45 million a year um, for four years, and a lot of people are questioning why did he not take that deal. Um, I think you can think about it the way does he not feel confident in himself about after those four years would he still be a good player and be able to get a good contract or would he just rather get that guaranteed money because with the 13 years by signing with the Phillies I just truly believe um, that he just wanted the guaranteed money um, not have to worry about injuries just in case if he I think, oh. did get injured during those four year uh, during that four year contract with the Dodgers um, I think that he just wanted the guaranteed money and make sure that he gets that $25 million a year over the next 13 years. Um, and also, I don't, I don't think he lacks any confidence in himself. The guy's probably the cockiest player in the in baseball. He's my favorite player. Um, <laughs> you can't even on your team, bro. I know. He's, in my, he's on my phone, though. You can't be shitting on me for letting Aaron Judge. I don't shit on you for letting Aaron Judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, you're, you're a Red Sox fan, apparently, and he's on the Yankees. So. Yeah, but he's handsome. He's tall. Um... See that beautiful smile you got that gap? <laughs> um, uh, but let me let me tell you a little song. Uh, 
So another reason, you brought up two good reasons why he might have declined a contract. Number one, he doesn't have confidence in himself, which he might, you said that he is one of the most cocky players in the league, if not the most cocky player in the league. It could be him lying to himself or like pulling up the show when he's actually deep down, he's actually not that confident. Uh, I, I don't agree with that either. And then you brought up the idea that he just wants to get it over with, get the guaranteed money just in case. But another third option, does he not want to go to LA? Will there be an option for him to not want to go to the second biggest market in all of sports in the United States? Um, yeah, and I think with Harper, I think you, you can definitely think about that that way because with the Dodgers, they have so many star players on that team. They got a young shortstop, Corey Seager, who's going to be one of the best shortstops in the league. Um, they got Justin Turner. They got um, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler. I think going to the Phillies, Bryce Harper will be – the main attention, and there won't even be a second clo- anyone close to him with that amount of attention. Like, if they, if they go to the Dodgers, obviously, Clayton Kershaw, who could be one of the best pitchers in the MLB right now. Walker Buehler, who's going to be a young prospect that's going to be one of the best pitchers, could be one of the best pitchers in the MLB. And then also, Corey Seager. I just think that he wants to be the main attention of the franchise, and I think that's what he will always wanted. Uh, uh, so, they offered him $45 million for four years, annually $45 million. Do you think, or why do you think they didn't offer that contract to Manny Machado? Um, I think because, um, I just think, I think because, I think Harper has much more potential than Machado. We look at Harper's year in 2000, when he won the MVP. Well, even outside, you know, if you can look at the stats real fast, even outside of him having the most potential of the two, the more potential of the two, it would have been easier for them to keep the existing player. Yeah, it but... Them, now they have neither. Yeah, but uh, you also got to remember they have a third baseman who could be, say they he's a top five third baseman in the league, Justin Turner. And they also have a young prospect by the name of, like I said earlier, Corey Seager. Who is very young, who's a very young player and will develop to be one of the best shortstops in the game. So I think there was no room to put him, and I think because they had room to put Harper in the outfield by trading away Puig and Kemp over the offseason to the Reds, I think they had enough room to put Harper in the outfield where if they signed Machado with Corey Seager coming back this year from an injury, that's why they were able to get sign Machado or trade for him last year because Corey Seager was hurt. They were able to put Machado at shortstop. And with uh, Bryce Harper, like I said, Kemp and Plea were traded away, so that gave them room to put Harper in the outfield, where this year they won't have any room for the all three players to play at once. Because obviously they all want all those bats in the league, because like I it's a national league, they don't have a DH, they can't put like Justin Turner or Corey Seager or Machado at the DH position because it's an NL. So I think that's why Machado, I think that's why they're trying to get Harper. I don't know half that stuff was, <laughs> uh, but here's one thing. Uh, two things I want to bring up. One thing is, what does it say about the changing in the relationship between large markets and smaller markets in MLB? See, we saw in the NBA that the larger markets, the Knicks, the Lakers, no matter what, they're going to be taken care of because players just want to go there. You want to go to New York. You want to go to Los Angeles, and the other, the smaller markets get screwed. Uh, here, we see that it's not like it was 20 years ago, and the bigger markets, LA, they just lost out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've lost out big on this. They didn't get either of the three guys. Yeah. Uh, but, I don't think they were really trying to go for Machado, though. Uh, yeah, they, well, they definitely gave, put a bid in, 
probably not to, to find out that money. No. But they, they didn't get him. They, they wouldn't want to keep him, obviously. They want to keep a, star, a good player. But L.A. didn't get Bryce Harper. San Diego did get Manny Machado. So do you think it's going to be a change in the in the guard of some sort where the bigger markets are no longer the top destination for free agents? And then on the other side of it is that, or is there only one market, only one huge team that dominates free agency and the rest of the team are basically equal? And that one huge team is obviously the New York Yankees. Is that absolutely. Um... I don't know if, if you would pay like if you ever paid attention to the Yankees and the free agency like when before Machado and Harper, um, before they became free agents this past year, the one thing was like how are the Yankees going to afford Giancarlo Stanton, Machado and Harper because everyone expected yeah. to sign both Machado and Harper because that's where they were destined to play what everyone said they were going to play. Um, New York probably the biggest. It is the biggest, the biggest metropolitan area, and it's also the biggest market in sports. And absolutely, and I think it just goes to show that it's changing in MLB. Um, yeah, maybe San Diego is an unbelievable, beautiful place to go to and live in. Like, who would not want to yeah, live there? Yeah. But then you gotta look at Philly. Like, Philly's not like New York. Philly's not San Diego. Philly's it's, not a bad city, but it's a, it's, it's not, it's not like a big market city. I feel like. Uh, what, Philly? No, I, Philly is a, is, a, it, is a big market, but it's not it is. that level of market. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Red Sox have their own little thing going on where they are also a big market. Boston's a big market. Yes. And then like the MVP of the World Series is making $6 million. Like, that. that's what they do best. Well, I think they, they make the most out of what they have. Yeah, but, yeah, their MVP is getting six, World Series MVP is getting $6 million, but... He's like what 37 Yeah, he's years old. he's a, he's a, he's 35 years old. 35 years old. And he hit only two uh two 80s past year. And it's not like he's a top player. He had un fucking unreal they, world series. They can do they can make the most of what they got. Uh before we move on to our final our big topic, who do you think has the best contract in all the MLB? Bobby Bonilla. Are you kidding me? Tell us about the contract. Dude, so right now after uh Harper is uh, paid uh, after his contract ends in 2031. Uh, Bobby Bonilla will still be getting paid 1.1 million dollars until 2035. Um, this dude is making bank. This dude fucked up the whole entire system somehow. How did he do this? This so, dude was like, first of all, they, the the Mets are trying to get out of like five million dollars. A five million dollar captain, right? Yeah, and it turned into this huge contract. This dude has the best contract in MLB. Sit at home, July first. You know, you get you know people waiting for their tax refunds for two hundred dollars. This dude's waking up to one point one nine million dollars in his bank account. Mm-hmm. That's that's just bananas. So what happened was in two thousand, the Mets owed Bobby Bonilla five point nine million dollars for the two thousand season, and they no longer wanted him on the club. So the club had negotiated with uh, Dennis Gilbert, who was Bobby Bonilla's free agent. Uh, I mean, who was, who was his agent, um, to attach an eight percent annual interest rate to the to that money. So with the clock starting in two thousand, that adds up to twenty nine point eight million dollars. The first installment of the payout came on July eleventh, two thousand eleven. The Mets will pay their uh, 
Well, he would still have to pay until 2035. Yeah, I, I think that's just overall, that's a nut. That's nuts. Unbelievable I mean, idea for Bobby Bonilla. That dude, he's he's winning a life, dude. Like, people, you, people want to be Bryce Harper. People want to be, you know, Derek Jeter. I want to be that guy. Fuck yeah. Because that guy, he does nothing, and he gets that money. Yeah. So I think if anybody in the world, he gets paid, if anybody in the world who gets paid so much for doing nothing, he's probably the second on that list. Yep. And who's number one? Roger Goodell, baby. Roger Goodell, dude. And that's who we were talking about today. That's a big topic. Roger Goodell, and obviously, I, I think most people would know. If you don't know, it's paining me. It hurts me to say this, that Roger fucking Goodell is currently ha- he currently has a two hundred million dollar extension for five years. It's fucking it's it's absolutely ridiculous what this guy is getting for being the biggest piece of shit of all time. All right, I don't say the biggest piece of shit of all time because Hitler's out. Hitler was there back in the day. He's like almost up there. Okay. <laughs> uh, but no, let's talk about for real. In the and he's he's a pretty shitty person. And he's pretty shitty at his job. I, I just don't understand. Why he still even has that job, outside of the fact that he benefits the owners a lot. But let's talk a little bit about Roger Goodell. That's gonna be our big topic. We're gonna talk about this for at least the next half an hour. What do you? What do you? What's the biggest problem you have with Roger Goodell? I just think the way that how he is the judge, jury, and the executioner for fines and suspensions. That's the biggest problem: is the suspensions and the fines. And we're gonna talk about the scandals. You know, the Flategate, Bounty Gate about that stuff uh, in a little bit, but let's talk about the suspensions. My biggest problem with him, Josh Brown. Uh, Josh Brown's not a well-known name, unless you've been paying attention for the past couple years, you've heard the stories. Or a Giants fan. Or if you're a Giants fan, I guess. You know. Um, who cares? Who cares about the Giants fans? Uh, but the, <laughs> if you're a Giants fan, Josh Brown got a one-game suspension for repeatedly beating his wife and admitting to it I mean to over uh, hitting his wife over twenty times, one game. Ezekiel Elliott, he was accused from uh, uh, he was accused of one thing or another. Don't really want to go into it. We don't know the full details. He was found innocent. Still got suspended by the NFL. I think what was it for a longer term than Josh Brown's. Why is that? Because he hates running backs. Because he hates running backs. That goes into that goes into another problem. Let's take a look at the Greg Hardy suspension versus the Kareem Hunt and Ray Rice. They all had relatively the same accusations. Yeah. All different circumstances, obviously. Ray Rice, he knocked, he he knocked her up. He Kareem cold, Hunt. He, he cold cocked her. Kareem Hunt. Kicked her. Who knows what was going on in that one? It's week. a weird story. That's a very weird story. But Greg Hardy beat the, Greg really Hardy beat really the shit, beat the shit out, out of that girl. And uh, like, the UFC really screwed up on this, too, because they, they signed him. USC signed him and they put him on the same card as a woman who was a victim of sexual uh, of domestic abuse mm-hmm. uh, on the same UFC card for the first ever ESPN UFC card, but the the NFL because they didn't have any tapes I guess because tapes seems to be the uh, new golden grail for Roger Goodell to suspend people. Hunt got suspended, Rice got suspended, Hunt's career almost ended. Signed by the Browns. He got signed by the Browns. Ray Rice's career did end. I'm not gonna be the one to defend. Ray Rice, I really don't know how I feel about that. If his career should have ended, but overall, I'm not mad that it did. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it shouldn't. I'm saying I'm not really sure what should have happened. Greg Hardy, 
came back and he played he played for multiple teams and then he had his whole career and is it just the mindset of the NFL that Greg Hardy was able to come back or is it something that Roger Goodell lacking uh, the ability to take a stance? Um, no, absolutely. I think that Roger Goodell, he he just the way he handles things is he just doesn't handle things well. He we just see so many situations over the years, like you said, Greg Hardy, how he went from a ten game suspension to a four game suspension because of the the um, of what happened, and like the fact that like what ha- what what has it get reduced? Like why does that get reduced? Like this guy should be kicked out of the fucking league for what he did. Um, and, and and let's just talk about like, the teams that he was on. The two, like two of the three shittiest uh, fan bases slash uh, ownership slash players, uh, the Cowboys and the fucking Panthers. Yeah, they fuck those teams and fuck the Falcons too. I'm just gonna add that in there. Fuck the Falcons. But like, I think there was a problem with those teams signing him. It would have been. It's even a bigger problem that he wasn't kicked out of the league. It's absolutely. And it's it's a big thing to to make a, a stance, and he didn't make a stance. And that brings into the reason why we even made this podcast the beginning the whole the origin story for riding the bench podcast with ben luigi is that fucking no call okay <laughs> the, the no call that drew got screwed okay the Saints should have been in the super bowl right now i should be oiling up my michael thomas can't guard mike uh ass tattoo right now okay while holding the lombardi trophy okay i would have spent seven thousand dollars on a replica of lombardi trophy Okay, that's where I should be right now. Okay, mm. but I'm not because of Roger Goodell and the refs. Okay, and I know that Roger fucking Goodell. Well, first, let's talk about the call for a second. That was the probably the worst call I've ever that seen in my whole life. That call was so blatant, so obvious. And what's, what amazes me is that how many refs are usually on the field? So, um, I have no idea. I'm gonna say but four. The, the, even the fact that not even like one or two. They were flagged or sorry. Like, yeah, that's and, just and, amazing. And, and that was so blatant that, like, even Ray Charles could have seen that. And not only is he blind, he is dead. Okay? And he would have been able to see that. It's fucking, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's fucking insane that no, that no one called that. And I, I don't know, obviously I'm being a little, uh, I'm being a little sensitive about it. But, um. It's a tissue. Thanks, man. But um, overall, like I know they're not supposed to, they can't. I, I wouldn't ask them to reverse the decision. But the fact is that Roger Goodell did not know how to handle that situation. It basically seventy five percent of his job that year, this year, was to handle that situation. That was the only big prop thing he had to solve. Absolutely. And what did he do? He lied about it and he ran away. He and said, like he lied about the whole Kareem Hunt video. He lied about the whole Kareem Hunt video. He lied about the Ray Rice video back in the day when he got that. He said, oh, we never knew. About the video, but apparently they had yeah they footage, had they, they had, had the footage until last February. They had yeah they had for a while. The the Saints the uh, he said he talked talk to the Saints players. But Michael Tom, Michael Thomas went on Twitter the next day saying he ain't talked to us. Yep. He ain't talked to anybody. All right. Uh, he he lies about uh, what he does to help situations and he makes everything worse. He wouldn't even talk to Sean Payne after the game when he called Sean Payne called. Like, yeah. Sean Payne didn't have to call, he talked to the league. Yeah, he didn't talk to the league. A league representative, and how is that the commissioner? Your main job is to be the leader in the face of the league, and you can't do that. Dude, that was fucking pussy, dude. Like he just he he he's a he he literally fucking 
it's just amazing how what he how he handles things, uh, and especially for a guy that has that is the owner or the commissioner of such a huge business to do that. Like that is very sad, and very immature. Yeah, I, I that no call, the suspensions, big problems. Another problem is the the scandals when he's put in charge of these not his scandals. I don't know what goes on in his life. I just assume that he's like Mark Zuckerberg, and he just sits in a room. And, and does it, nothing. And does nothing. And he's just in the room. Is he even married? I want to look that up. Roger knows if he is married. Let's see how hot his wife is. Uh, but I, he doesn't know how to handle situations. Dane Skinner. Let's look her up. They've been dating since 1970, 1997, so we know that he's... Eh, eh. She works at Fox News. She co-hosts Happening Now with John Scott. Bro, John Scott is banging your wife, bro. <laughs> uh, but, um... The scandals. Tell us how you feel about how he handled uh, Deflate Gate. Um, I know we may not agree with it. Um, the way that it was handled. Yeah, we, we don't we don't agree on the uh, the whole ordeal overall. I think that something did happen to those balls. Don't think Tom Brady was to blame. Don't think Tom Brady should have been fined or suspended. You don't really see anything wrong happened, and I can understand your point. I guess I just think the evidence is clear. But we both agree that he handled it terribly. He handled it poorly because Brady didn't want to be suspended. He obviously Brady wanted to be with the team for the whole sixteen games in two thousand and fifteen, and he went to court. He went to the Supreme Court, and it was over uh, overturned, and he was able to not get suspended, and all was fine until the year after when. Goodell brought it back to the uh, district uh, to appeal it for in the Supreme Court, and it was literally like just, he just literally said, "Oh, I'm the commissioner. I can do what I want. I can, I can do anything with my power. I'm not doing. I can. Um, I can do whatever. Yeah, literally, I can do whatever I want. And he's like, I can just, I can suspend him. Like that's what I can do. Like that's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, he's power hungry. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about how he handled the. My so we talk about your scandal, Blakey. Let's talk about my scandal mm-hmm. for the Saints, which is Bounty Gate. He handled that terribly too. He handled Bounty Gate in the worst possible way. He he jumped the shark. He came out with no evidence. Immediately tried to suspend people. Then he had he picked. He was gonna pick anybody in the league, anyone outside the league, to make a decision on the appeal. The guy he picked went against Goodell and reinstated all the players because Goodell had no evidence. Goodell just likes to go in. And you know, whine about stuff, act like he's the you know he's this big tough guy. I wanna, I'm the boss of you. I got this power hungry. Blah 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 blah. He's so authoritarian, but nothing he does has any credibility or validity to it. Yeah. And I think that really it makes me question who he is as a person. And you know, he acted too fast. Uh, he had no evidence for that. Suspensions were reversed. Uh, reversed. Other teams admitted to doing it. And you know, obviously we're a little biased on our side. Yeah. But anybody can agree that Goodell handled both those situations wrong. Uh, let's talk about t- the other two big <laughs> topics, one of which is uh, why are there no progress on rule changes, like catch rules, like uh, uh, reviewable uh, uh, challenge rules, reviewable penalties. Why are there no de- none of these changes? And I get it that the owners have to vote on it, but why is Roger Dell not trying to lead them in the right direction to make it progress for the NFL. Because he just bends over for the owners and just takes it. 
he doesn't doesn't take any authority. He doesn't take any action, and um, he doesn't do what's best for the league. He just does whatever is the easiest thing to do, and he doesn't. So like, there's no problem with him or the owner. He doesn't take uh, action for anything. Yeah, he doesn't really take action on what he needs to do, and that's why the game isn't getting much better. One big rule change they did make was about uh, 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 targeting and hitting defensive player, uh, defensive players, uh, and uh, helmet to helmet. But how many of those were even enforced? I know Jordan Reed was hit hard. Uh, I think it was uh, it was against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. The Saints, yep. Alvin Kamara was hit when he was defenseless. So it was helmet to helmet when he was on his way down. That was a big hit. Uh, I don't see how neither of those were called. You rarely see these plays being called. You know, if it's not a quarterback. Yeah. You know, if it's not a quarterback, and then you know, like you gently cradle, you know, Alex Smith down, then that's a penalty. Look at uh, number in the beginning of the year that whole entire joke with Clay Matthews of all the pa- roughing the passer penalties that were called against him. Absolutely unridic- absolutely ridiculous about how these penalties that were called against him. Yeah. yeah. Just just unbelievable. And I, uh, this is a spoiler alert and a newsflash. The quarterbacks are the least likely, other than kickers and punters, to get CTE because they're already so protected. So I need yeah. to everybody else to get a CTE. And hopefully, you know, Cadell doesn't care, obviously. Yeah. And also, if he did really care about these players' safety, um, get rid of Thursday Night Football. Get rid of Thursday Night Football or make an adjustment where the only way you can play Thursday Night Football is if you're coming off a of bye week. Exactly. Because if you're coming off a of bye week, we have, so you have seven plus that four day, the four extra days. And plus two weekend days, you have a lot of time to prepare for Thursday football and you won't have any injuries because you're not playing too much in too little time. The time separating the uh, the, the Bears this year when they played early morning Thursday and they played Sunday night. It was ridiculous. And it's just like, we know that why he won't ever change it or do anything about it is because it brings in the moolah and brings in money for them. Um, and he, has, he will never change it because it's just... He, he says he cares about the player safety, but these guys, what, they only have four days of rest left to, between those two games, and it's just it's not safe for the players to play. They t- it takes a huge toll on their bodies, um, and it's just, but it brings in the money, and that's all he cares about. Yeah, all he cares about, and that's why he still has his job. That's why he has a huge extension. Roger Goodell is one of those guys. He doesn't care about the game. He doesn't care about the players. He doesn't care about the fans. He doesn't care about the integrity of it. He cares about the owners, because if you make the owners happy and you make them money, which, let's be honest, I can be up there and make them money, all right? All you have to do is just once in a while give a, a press conference and have the most generic sounding answers ever. And the NFL is the NFL. It's going to strive no matter what. They're making money despite him, not because of him. And But the owners see that they have this guy. He's a corporate uh, shrew. He, can, he will do whatever they ask him to do. And that's why they keep them around. And as long as they have the bottom line of making that moolah, baby, it ain't nothing gonna change. He doesn't. He doesn't care about anything. Doesn't care about anyone or doesn't care about anything. Um, before he used to make the troops or the military pay for their own tributes. Um, in the span of four years, the U.S. Armed Forces paid the NFL more than seven hundred thousand dollars for an on-field tribute to those same armed forces. Tributes that have even. And every stand surely assumed that the NFL did out the goodness of, it, of its heart and its genuine respect and affection for our military. And what they did was it took a congressional oversight uh, committee led by John McCain and Jeff Flake to expose the paid salute promotion. In response to the up, like what was going on in the NFL, 
be flying only a tenth of that money that they made the U.S. Armed Forces pay. A tenth of that. Well, that's only $70,000. Like, out of the $700,000 that they made the Armed Forces pay. And wait, where was the like, where did the rest of the money go? Like, where's the rest of the $630,000 that they have? Like, it's, yeah. just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, and so obviously we fucking hate Roger Goodell. He's a spineless little punk bitch. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, what the fuck is the NFL think it's going to be doing now? Like, what do they think is next? Like, what the fuck do they think is next? Do they think that the next thing you do is uh, just hire another Roger Goodell? Like, at some point, okay? Like, we're, yeah, football fans, I'll admit, we're, all, we're pretty dumb. Like, I, I'm also going to keep watching my Saints no matter what. Yeah. You're going to watch your pass no matter what. Absolutely. But, like, we we got to stand up. we got to find a way to do this. And then the big problem is, is that, like you said earlier, how he was the judge, jury, and executioner, was the separation of powers. The only people who can put him in his place is the NFL Players Association. And they don't do and, jack and, shit. Yeah, let's be serious. They're, they're a fucking joke. Yeah. The NFL Players Association doesn't do shit. Yeah. Uh, and they're the weak, They're probably the weakest players union in uh, all sports, I'm assuming. Like, because I know that, you know, like the NHL, like they got their, they got their uh, 2004, 2005. They got their, they got their lockout year. Yeah. To increase their salaries. Because the NFL, on the NHL, the owners and the, uh, the executives, they wanted to make sure that the players would only get money based off of the profits of the team, which the team wasn't making any profits, so they would, get, they would be shit out of luck. The NHL players, they came out, they they had their lockout, and now they're making a shit ton of money compared to what they used to make. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, just, it's ridiculous. And then it's the only thing that they're going to step into is money. Is that all they care about? The NFL Players Association is the only thing that's going to uh, is what's going to take for them to take action is it have to do with money. Why can't they care about player safety? Why can't they care about put, uh, holding, holding people accountable, whether it's the executives, Roger Goodell, or even the fucking refs who are all trash? What's, what's it going to take? Yeah, exactly. And um, we saw that how in the 2011 lockout, how they finally tried to do something, and they, and they just literally bent over backwards for Roger Goodell. They just gave up. Yeah, and just they, like that. And they act like they won. Yeah, exactly. Um, they just they they gave up. They didn't. They it, it was it was a failure, and, and it's just it just they don't have a spine. I mean, they it's it's it's, a, it's crazy. I really like. I don't know what's going on. I think the NFL has a full full of like a Donald Trump this year. Like, just find a fucking like a crazy ass celebrity to come be the commissioner. Yeah. Imagine fucking Dennis Rodman. Being the commissioner of the fucking NFL. Dude, we'll have a North Korean team. We'll yeah, have a North Korean team. Move the Jaguars to North Korea. You know, hashtag. Wait, did you see uh, how ha- the Raiders ha- want to move, ha- play their home games in London? The Raiders? Yeah, you didn't hear about this? Going to Ve- oh, for this this year? Uh, yeah. They're going to Vegas next year. So, uh, it was talked about how the later, uh, Raiders could play in London just for the 2019 season. But I think I was shot down. Um, London is now an option for the Raiders. It's being discussed for them to play next year. Gleaner said they're still trying to figure it out. Other owners have brought up to the Raiders. The Raiders are disgusting. <laughs> like why? Like that sounds uh, fucking um, awful for the players, especially the Raiders players. Dude, when you think of London, you think of like you know they're all fancy. The Queen is sipping their fucking like their tea, and they got those Raiders fucking metal. Dude, the it's metal not gonna work out. The, the, they wear. Fucking like shoulder pads with spikes in it. Yeah, I would just want to imagine 
thing and people in London to act like that. Dude. And see what would happen. You know what I always think the about? Raiders, listen to me now, the Raiders are fucking mental, okay? The Raiders fans are the most mental fans in the world. Yeah, it has to do with their owner, Al Davis. Yeah. Al Davis. <laughs> he was a fucking psycho. And now look who their coach is. Yeah, he's <laughs> 10, million, 10 years, 100 million. Yeah, that's that's whack too. We kind of got a little bit off topic. Uh, but, like, it's seriously, Roddy Goodell sucks. You know what I think about when I think about London football is uh, the Family Guy episode. Yeah, the Family Guy episode. <laughs> Tom Brady's in that. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so back to Goodell. Why back to Goodell. Back to Goodell. That's a piece of shit. Um, you know, fuck Goodell. I'm kind of hard with Goodell. You, you got anything to say? Add a little something. I'm going to do some research. Um, Talk about how... Um, I just think the whole weed policy, I'm not saying this because of Josh Gordon. Um, I think the weed policy is kind of ridiculous. Like, um, the, the I think the main point of people uh, like these, these players smoking weed is um to like because their bodies are aching and they use it to um uh what, what am I trying to say they use the weed to uh um not heal but like make them feel better or something, or something like that and um like what does Roger Goodell want them to do like take painkillers and like get addicted to painkillers like I feel like they would rather have people smoking weed than taking painkillers to like heal their bodies or yeah like, painkillers are fucking worse yeah and like like, like it's, that, it's a it's a crazy and like at least the addiction it leads to um uh, scar tissue in your heart like that that can wreck you yeah and like could end many players like careers and not just their careers it can affect their lives too yeah absolutely uh, the best. Have you, ever seen, have you ever seen the video when Aaron Rodgers was on painkillers and he did that interview at the end of the game? No, I don't. Uh, oh, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Rodgers Dell is just, you know, he's. I. The worst thing, too, is that, like, I hate Jerry Jones. And, like, Jerry's just whack. He's a weirdo. Yeah. But, like, he's the only owner who, like, talks about how much he doesn't like Roger Goodell. Yeah, he's the only one that falls. And it's weird. Like, well, my owner does. My owner is a, like a fucking seven-year-old woman. <laughs> hey, my owner gets hand jobs fifty-nine dollars in this. Dude, feel like how hand jobs is? I feel happy that like me and Rod, like I don't do this, obviously. But if I wanted to, like I can, I can get the girl that Roger Goodell got. Yeah. Like, what I'm saying about Roger, I mean, Roger Robert Kraft. Yeah. I don't know if Roger Goodell wasn't part of that. Dude, he probably wasn't. He probably framed Robert Kraft. Probably, dude. But I mean, like, I can like. Get the same girl that Robert Kraft got. Like this dude can be go over there. Like if I was Robert Kraft, I would just like when Cardi B and Offset broke up, just buy her a Rolls Royce and say, "Hey, go come to my mansion. Get you a private jet. You got that Rolls Royce. Get you some Rolexes." Like you really like I. You can spend that kind of money, bro. Like what else are you doing? Well, popping Viagra. Apparently the guy's pretty fucking old, so he must have popped some Viagra. I ain't know, dude. I think he just thinks about Tom Brady. Dude, that's. I think every person that. Boston does that when they think of uh, Tom Brady. Brady yeah. Wicked hard. Wicked hard. Wicked hard with the Boston Harbor. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? Because like we, we kind of went off topic. You get the point. We fucking hate Roger Goodell. Yeah, and um, it's he's a piece of shit. Wait, what's next though for Roger Goodell? Not for Roger Goodell, but like who would be an ideal commissioner? Not we don't know the people. Okay, we didn't do that much research. So I think Wait, we didn't do that much research. Okay, we're sports nerds, but we're not. Real fucking nerds. <laughs> but um, but yeah. isn't it like Goodell will appoint the next commissioner himself? Well, and then it's the other executives and all. Like everybody combined. He, I think he nominates. Them. I don't know. I don't know how it works per se. 
But um, he's going to be involved in the decision-making process. I just think that no matter who is hired... Or, 2024, he's gone. Thank God. Um, I, I think it's just... I mean, no matter who is hired, I think it's, people are going to have some positive aspects to it, negative aspects. Um, it's just there's, there's never going to be a perfect balance between the two. And it's going to be tough, but I think Roger Goodell is literally... The whole entire negative aspect. There's no good thing that has come out of Roger Goodell. Do you know who's good? Oh. Adam Silver. He you was... know who's good? Who? David Stern. No. <laughs> he brought so much money into the NBA. Let's talk about Adam Silver. Adam Silver was approached by uh, se- several NFL owners. Yeah, he says he hasn't thought about it, but like, yeah, he yeah, fucking has. The NFL, bigger than the NBA. Yeah. Remember, like, ah, it would be cool to have someone else come in. Like, other than having Dennis Rodman, probably Adam Silver. Or, like, who would be the ideal? Like, who would be ideal like, anybody in the world? I have no idea, to be honest. Like, Cuban? Mark Cuban, dude. Well, he's a... He, yeah. He wants to run for president, apparently, in 2020. Dude, Dwayne Johnson? Dwayne the Rock. Imagine popping those pecs at the conference. He'd probably be worse than Goodell. Because <laughs> he, he'd be like, hey, how you feel the no-call? He's popping those pecs. <laughs> uh... You know, because he's, he's a handsome man. He's a handsome Samoan. Not Hawaiian. Samoan. Really? Yeah. Um, great guy, I wish. I wish I knew him. But Reggie Schmidt's sure. commissioner. He played he played football in Canada, I think. Yeah. Played at the University of Miami. I know that. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else you want to add to this episode? We went really off topic. Yeah, we did. And we keep coming back on topic and then going off topic. But that's what the fun part of our podcast is. We uh, go off topic sometimes. It's the fun part and then also the terrible part. Yeah, but hey, it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so right now we're at about the 70 minutes. Uh, we're 10 minutes longer than we expected. 10 minutes longer than we expected. Well, it's going to go a little bit longer because we got to do our closing now. Yeah. Uh, you know, so this is our first episode of the podcast. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you want us to change anything. Um... You know, advice. Uh, we're gonna put up the YouTube version of this. Uh, it's not like a video. Yeah, it'll be like yeah. Um, and then also, uh, maybe we'll if it has become popular or starts growing, we'll make Facebook page and Twitter pages, and you guys can. You can make the Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and uh, um, you guys can follow us, and we'll keep you posted on new videos or new. Podcast. Um, Just so you know, we we were gonna put this in the description box when we upload it to iTunes and we upload it to you know everything, but we know you fuckers aren't gonna read that stuff. Yeah, okay? you guys don't read shit. <laughs> you ain't gonna read that shit. So we're just putting that stuff in now. Yeah, uh, we're gonna say it here. And you probably stopped listening fucking forty minutes ago. Yeah, so you fuck stopped, you. You probably stopped listening after we talked about what was the most interesting thing we talked about. Like after we, after we started talking about the fucking. Uh, DK. Yeah. You guys said we t- <laughs> fucking ran, ran through rooms, locked the doors, put a sock on the door. Jesus. We were talking about DK. Yeah. Uh, I know I would. You would, yeah. You're doing it right now. Uh, but if you guys have any tips or any advice or any topics that you guys would like us to talk about, feel free to contact us. Um, hey, if you want to come on as a guest, uh, talk about whatever you want. We would love to have you. Uh, make sure you do your research because oh, oh, we don't want you to have any... Wait a second, we forgot about our ad read for our sponsors. Oh, load up the sponsors real fast. Let me see. Oh, shit. Um, does a Starbucks card work? Uh, 
Did I get sponsored? Yeah, can I use the Starbucks card? That Starbucks is not sponsored. Oh. It's got $15 um, on it. This is a... Oh, dude, here. don't open that. Don't open that. Dude, don't open that. Starter, you can be a role player, but uh, what's better than riding the bench? 